Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. I have a question for you. Do you dream? There are people dream a lot. There are others maybe rarely dream. Dreaming, what is it all about? I dream, yes I do, and I'm going to tell you about it in a few minutes. But do you dream or do you worry about the dream you have? Does it frighten you? Do your dreams make you happy? We're going to talk about dreams and dreaming for the next while, and if you've anything to say about your dreams, and as you listen to us, if you want to make a comment, do get in touch with us on the show. 86 by WhatsApp or text. That's 086-1800-658. My next guest, I'm delighted she's joining me today because she knows about dreaming and she's been writing about it recently. And I say hello this afternoon to Monica Jackman. She's a counsellor accredited by the Irish Association of Counselling. Welcome to the show, Monica. Hello, uh, Jerry. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, dreaming, I have to ask you straight away, why do we dream, Monica? Right. Yeah, and you mentioned there the the article in the Irish Times and uh, credit to Joanne Hunt, uh, the journalist there, she worked on that. And I spoke to her about it. Uh, why do we dream? I suppose we dream because it's a normal part of our subconscious dealing with um, things that we have ha- dealt with during the day. It's um, It's just another thought process we think in the day and we're conscious of our thoughts in our sleep we think we think and we work through things but we're just not conscious of it and some people believe that dreaming is dealing with the unfinished business of the day and some people will say that we're learning we're kind of laying down uh, cementing our memories of the things that happened the day before so you know people say sleep on it and really you know there's a lot happening when you do sleep on something you can be going through it but not in the normal way that you would think about something in the daytime because there's no analytical process going on at the night time and that's why people can wake up and say I've had the strangest dream it was all jumbled up because that's how the brain works you know when Mm. we are asleep So really our day uh, and events in our life during our waking hours and consciousness uh, are dealt with in the subconscious when we go to sleep That's, That's right, exactly that's right. And that's why, you know, some people will remember their dreams. And if you wake up in the middle of a dream, you will remember it. If you don't wake up in the middle of a, of a dream, you might think that you didn't dream. But most people will actually have been dreaming and uh, dealing with things, learning things that happened the day before or in, in our life in the past, kind of maybe rehearsing things 
that happened before. Mm. And, um, you know, we don't use a lot of our subconscious brain or we're not aware of it, but it is actually functioning, you know, while we're not listening to it yeah. in, a, in, a, in our sleep. So it is, there's, there's a lot going on, you know, in, in the mm. night. And in that piece in the Irish Times you referred to there, you don't agree with a point of view that some people contend that certain dreams and images we get when we're asleep have a meaning. Well, I suppose there is a meaning and um, I suppose the dictionary, you know, that says if you dream about a black cat, then it means this and that. Uh, particularly, I don't agree with that because it might mean something different for somebody else. So uh, from the point of view of the dictionary saying it has to be just this, um, I kind of think there's a lot more to it than that. So I think the dream and what's in it does have meaning. But for me as a counsellor, what means more really is is what happens when you wake up, the emotion that's there when you wake up, if you wake up fearful, because one person might think of a black cat and wake up scared because they don't like black cats and somebody else could love animals and they could wake up and think, oh, this is great, this is a sign that I should get a cat for myself. So it means different things for different people. So it's your own meaning, really, that you put in it, your own emotion when you wake up. From a counselling point of view, I'm not saying, you know, that those things, you know, don't work for other people, but just the way that I work with it as as a counsellor, it would be really, what's the emotion when you wake up, what are you feeling and what's going on in your life that could be connected to that? And and, 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 and you say yeah. as well, just to build on that, right, mm-hmm. because we often waken and then get up and get dressed and get on with our lives or fall back to sleep. You say to, you should write your dreams down, especially those ones you're talking about there that concern you. Yes. Yeah, if you're interested in your dreams, for some people, dreams, nightmares, you know, you could even have a nightmare and just, oh, that happened to me, and they're not too worried about it, and they get on with their life. So it wouldn't be for everybody, but if you're a curious person about your dreams, and you're wondering what they mean, then I would say, keep a notepad by your bedside, and then jot down the dream, even if you wake up in the middle of the night, even to do it in the dark, you know, just scribble something down that you might be able to read in the morning without putting on the light or when you wake up in the morning. And then you have some information because that will be gone quite quickly. You know, as you said, you get on with your life. Those, that dream could be gone within a minute or, or less. So if you jot it down and you're curious, um, then, you know, you can examine it later and say, what was going on there? You could see if there's a pattern over a few nights or over a few weeks if the same dream is coming back all of the time or if it's different. And then you have that information and then you can use it or you can, if you were, if you were attending a counsellor, you could bring that information along to your session and discuss it with the counsellor and see what it means for you. I'm laughing when you say write it down. I'd say they'll be taking the phones up now and opening the reminders yeah. and tapping it into the reminder in the middle of the night as they check yeah. everything else that's going on in the world. That's the way of the world today. Yeah. But, but, but besides that, come back to the point that you say there. If there's something concerning and your work as a professional counsellor, can you work with somebody and, you know, eradicate that from the dreams ultimately? Um. Well, I suppose I never 
would say eradicate completely because you don't know, but certainly to try and reduce something, um, you know, can be quite comforting for somebody if something is really upsetting. Even a reduction of stress or worry about it can be quite good. So I suppose as a counsellor, I would never, you know, promise to Mm. eradicate something completely. But sometimes it could, and it could be a case of just attributing a different meaning to it and saying, you know, I believed that 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 dream meant, you know, that... I, I was a bad person in my past or that something bad is going to happen to me in the future. And by examining it and exploring it and even by rewriting it, um, you can actually say, gosh, you know, it doesn't have to mean that for me any longer. And by, by rewriting it, you don't have to revisit, you know, something traumatic. But you can say, I keep having this dream all of the time I, I was bullied in school and I keep remembering it, I can actually kind of rewrite that. I can look back to it, not change the past, not pretend it didn't happen. But I can say, gosh, actually, I didn't deserve that. That wasn't, that shouldn't have happened to me. I don't need to bring it into my adult life. If it is, if you're an adult, I can actually say that's in the past now and that won't happen again. So that can be quite comforting for somebody and it could lead to a, a reduction of the dream, it might not happen again. It, it could actually eradicate it. Hopefully it would, you know, not come back in that distressing form. Mm. And that's something, you know, maybe to work with, uh, you know, with somebody, with the counsellor or some, a, a trusted professional, yes. you know, to, to do that. So we have, as you said there, we can have happy dreams. I've had happy dreams myself and I've woken up very happy and em- embraced them for sure. But you know the classic, you, when I was younger, I used to have that classic one where you'd be falling. And I think lots of people experience that. You know, you're falling, falling, falling all of the time and you just can't save yourself. I used to dream that a lot when I was younger. Not anymore, but I'll tell you about a couple I've had recently. Right, Monica? Just okay. to show you how random this can be. I actually dreamt that... Um, uh, where I live now, I love my house and I love where I live. But I lived in a couple of previous houses and one that hadn't great memories. Jesus, Monica, one night I woke and I thought I was back in the house and I woke up in a lather of sweat. Right, oh dear. <laughs> I did, honestly. And another one, just another example of one. Yeah. Uh, I do a job here every day that I absolutely love and it's a gift to me from God, I have to say. But I worked uh, previous jobs as well and one of those <laughs> jobs as well another time. And this is, I'd say, in the last six months or so. Unbelievable. And I'm out of it years. I woke up and thought I was back there again and, you know, trapped more or less. You know, that type of thing. Right. Now, right. they're weird, aren't they? Right, okay. So so you were kind of trapped in both of them in yes, a situation that yes, you weren't you yes. weren't very comfortable in Correct. and that yeah. yeah. So I suppose just you know, you you could ask what significance does that have in my life or is there anything else you know that that could be associated with and we won't uh, try and do that on, on the radio but, you know um, I'm very yeah, open absolutely. Monica I'm very open you know there's no I know I know what you're but, saying go on yeah yeah but it's just to look, look at the, the meaning and the feeling that yes. came up there and you said trapped and and you know and that so I suppose it's to look at the meaning for yourself and think you know what could that be associated with if, if anything you know and it could be something you know it might not be anything um significant it could be something that happened during the day you could mm. have heard something on the radio that reminded you of a previous house that house where you lived or something else it can be a small trigger yes um and that and it might be a one-off and it's kind of when people have mem- uh, dreams that are recurring and are very upsetting if that was to be happening every night or every week 
for a couple of weeks that you might say then, gosh, this is something that I need to explore a bit further mm. and deal with that. But I mean, we all have strange dreams that happen, you know, every now and then and they don't make sense or maybe sometimes they do make sense. Yes. And it is sometimes to say, you know, what is the feeling? What is the, the emotion? Is it causing me trouble that I can't sleep properly? that I'm afraid to go to sleep. Sometimes people have dreams like, you know, if, if you had a dream like that and you said the next night, oh, I really don't want to go back there. I, I'm going to stay awake or I'll make myself so tired that I, I will sleep. And it kind of, if it can interfere with your quality of life, then it, it can become a problem. If it's not interfering with your quality of life, if it's not hugely stressful, if you're still getting your seven to eight hours sleep and you're, it's not all broken sleep because of it, then it's, it's okay. It's a normal part of life. It's a normal part of the sleep cycle. And um, it's just if it's causing trouble, then it, it is kind of to say, well, it's interfering with my daytime. I'm so tired in the day. And that then you might say, I, I, I might want to do something more about this. Mm. Mm. Now, uh, they, as I said, they were sort of a bit random, but they were in recent times. Our Louise, my producer, who you were talking to, was, we were just talking about this before we came down to studio, and she said to me, her recurring one, and she hasn't quite regular, is that she's arrived to sit her leaving cert exam, and she's not prepared. She's right. in a panic. What do you right. make of that type of, you know, dream? Yeah. Well, you know, I think that that's actually quite common. Uh, you uh, you know, yeah. I, I have heard it only recently, a lady that was you know, you know, a mature lady, you know, having that dream, I think, you know, it can be quite traumatic. And I think that might, you know, it might be a memory of the stress of the time, yes. you know, of that. And it, it, it could be a case that it was very stressful and it's still there. Mm. And it, it just might be good to, you know, before you go to bed to kind of remind yourself it's not happening any longer. The leave insert is, is behind me or us and, and just to kind of... um you know, kind of put in positive thoughts instead, think about what happened afterwards. Yes. The result was good, you know, that, to be happy with that and to see it as an achievement and to see it as the, the work and the effort that went into that was great and that 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 she got through it. Oh, she flew it. By the way, I want to say that. She flew it. She has nothing to worry about at all. And she's yeah. very intelligent altogether. I, not at all. Like yeah. nothing. But, you know, it's it's interesting you say that you've you've heard of that before and it can be quite common. But look, mm. it, it, it really is then to say that dreaming is part of our makeup. It, it, it happens and it, it can happen frequently or infrequently. Although some people maybe don't dream at all. What there be people mm. like that? Yeah. Well, I think most people do dream. Um, most people dream for about 25% of the night. All right. Um, I suppose people who don't dream, I suppose people may, that maybe have some kind of, um, there might be a condition that is associated, psychological, psychiatric condition, um, maybe some type of medication or that. But most people do dream just because they don't remember it doesn't mean that they don't. And it's the REM sleep, you'll have heard of that, the rapid eye movement yes. sleep. And that's when most of the dreaming happens and you've got really relaxed muscles and uh, you know the rapid eye movements could be happening underneath the closed lids and the REM sleep provides energy to the brain and uh, and the body and it supports the, the daytime you know for, for that that you know your brain really needs that sleep and it needs that rest and then we have the delta sleep which is the deeper sleep where the body gets its recovery and its repair and all of that 
So, um, but people do, most people do actually dream. And if you don't wake up during the dream, you might never, you might think, I, I don't dream. But most people do. It's part of the brain's, you know, yes. activity a, a, at night. So it is, it would be unusual for people not to dream. Yes. And the other thing is, and Louise just after mentioning it to me, you know when you have a baby and you see a baby, I've seen this myself, and they're sleeping and they smile. Suddenly a smile comes on their face or they, you know, they make little noises of that. I take yeah. it they're having their little dreams too, are they? I, I, absolutely, absolutely, definitely. And I suppose it may be, it's not at the same mental level that you would have when your brain is developed later on. But absolutely, their, 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 their brain is, is, is doing their, its job, you know, to kind of uh, process the day and, and that and just probably emotions and, you know, babies can absorb atmospheres and emotions, even though, you know, from, from the day that they're born, you know, even mm. though they don't know it on a, on a mental level. So absolutely, that, that is absolutely happening. It's a normal, normal part of, of the brain. And you know, you, dealing with the day. Yes, with their little day or whatever it is. And you know, like in sleep, where you might have rapid physical movement, you move or you twist or you turn, maybe you jump, you know, that type mm. of... Is that is that prompted by dreaming? Well, it could. that could be a lot of things. Yes. I mean, some people just are restless sleepers, but <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. could be. It could be something. But I suppose mostly within, uh, within sleep, um, the, bra- the body is relaxed, the muscles are relaxed, the breathing is slower the blood pressure drops and that. So mostly, you know, uh, your repair is happening at night. So um, usually when people are sleeping, they, they will be mostly relaxed. And if there is a little jump like that, or you know, it could, mm. it could be something else, um, but it, it could be something that's happening in a, a dream, absolutely. Yeah. And people who have nightmares, you know, would have that, you know, they, they yes. would, you know, get that type of reaction. So, mm. um, you know, if there is something frightening happening in a dream, you know, that could certainly yeah. cause that. But the message today is it's perfectly natural. We need to do it to clear out whatever has happened the day or previous times in our lives. And uh, unless it's causing you concern, it's a perfectly natural thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it is important to get sleep. The body needs that, you know, recovery and that. And, uh, you know, people shouldn't be afraid of going to sleep because of dreams. It would, you know, because we do need that sleep uh, and to function and and the brain is doing what, what it needs to do. And it's just to use the information that it's given you. If there is information there to say, I can use this. If there's something happy there to enjoy it, if there's something, you know, it's, it's stressful maybe to deal with it so it's to, to use it to make changes in your life or or just ignore it if, if it's not bothering you if you're yeah. happy as you're as you are there you go anyway you're grace thank you so much for uh, joining me today i'm going to dream on Thanks very much, Jerry. Thanks <laughs> Not at all. Take care of yourself. Thank you. Bye-bye. 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 That's Monica Jackman there. And Monica is a counsellor accredited by the Irish Association. Thank you so much for all of your comments. Uh, Jessica wanted to know, if you dream about your own death or passing or dying, what does it mean? I suppose it's something, Jessica, you know, that many people think of. It, it dawns on you every so often that <laughs> we're not going to be around here forever and that's for sure it's a, I would say it's quite a natural thing a lot of people have that John's been on to say I really enjoyed your conversation with Monica Jackman Jerry, about dreams because 
I often wake after a dream and I feel like I've had a bad night's sleep. But now I know it's something positive I can in, uh, use to improve my life. Thanks indeed for that, John. What about that one there, Louise, from Maddie? I keep dreaming that our car is stolen, she says. God, Ooh. that's an, one. And, and a recurring dream, it looks like, as well. God, I hope it never I, happens. I think a lot of dreams surround cars, transport. Do you? Yeah. I think it's a it's a common enough mm. I don't know about the stolen bit, but definitely about driving and cars. Yeah, I wonder why that's on your mind. It must be on your mind for a reason. Anyway, lock it up. Uh, Set the alarm and secure it. That's all I can say to you, Maddie. What about that one there? Uh, Hi, Jerry. I really do have awful dreams. In fact, I'd say they're nightmares. And one in particular, I'm in the hospital, on the operating uh, table in the theatre. I see the doctors trying to resuscitate me, but I'm not coming back. And it happens to me a lot. Oh, that's a scary one, isn't it? It is a scary one. It is yeah. indeed. Yeah, I can imagine. I can only imagine when you uh, wake and 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 you've had that experience as well. That's one you should look mm-hmm. into. I think. I think that's one as maybe Monica you want, was saying. Maybe you're kind of come to the end of something in your mm. life and you need to just change direction. Maybe yes. That's what yes. Your mind is telling you. Yeah, possibly. You know, we're only trying to interpret these as amateurs mm. ourselves. To be honest, we're giving our opinion on this. But that's one. Having listened to Monica, I think you could explore more with a professional. Uh, I love this one. I have twenty. 20 friends, Jerry, who are serious dreamers. Imagine having 20 friends who are dreamers. Go out of that. 10 Liverpool and 10 Man United fans. They dream they can still win the Premier League. <laughs> Everyone has to have dreams. Yeah, have to have Sure, Even I'm an those. old Arsenal fan and I'm still dreaming, dreaming. That's all we're doing is just dreaming. Sure, my God almighty. The chances of it happening, you know yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's very smart. Do you dream? Do you have a dream? Do you have anything that goes through your mind when you sleep? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or, or text. Um, anyway, I'm, I have an idea. I have an idea with you now, Louise. I have an idea with you. I have an idea. <laughs> I'm going to... I, I don't like this already. Uh, I'm going to WhatsApp you late in the evening one evening and say, English paper one. <laughs> Oh no, no! I do. I still have dreams about it. I would devil and, and literally for about thirty seconds, you kind of go, "Oh my god, I didn't, I didn't study anything last yeah. night," or, and then you realise, "Hang on, it was like yes. twenty odd years yes. ago or more, thirty. Do you know that thing I talked about premonition? Did you ever have a premonition that when something happens today in your life, mm. and deja honestly, vu. yeah, you know that it's a deja vu. Is that deja what you call vu, it? Yeah. Has that happened to you? Oh yeah, yeah, loads of times. Yeah, it's happened Scary. to me too. It feels that. I've been here. You know what I mean? Mm. I I saw this. I yeah. saw this at some... And I can't tell you when I saw it or where. It's pity, it, pity doesn't work with a lot of numbers. Oh, it? sure. Lord almighty. God almighty. We'd be, be silence here from half one to half three every day. <laughs> <laughs> if that happened. You'd be ringing in from like Bermuda, <laughs> Bahamas or somewhere. Just no, to sicken us. Oh, no. I just come in for the show. The, tra- the travel reporter. <laughs> I'd do the two hours here. I would. I'd still do it. I'd still do it. No, I would imagine winning the lotto. Oh my God, Louise. That's one. You're right. That's the one we want the, uh, the deja vu for. That's one we can dream about. Yes. Anyway, uh, up next on Late Lunch After Two is a man whose dreams come true. Yes, it has indeed. Paddy Goodwin is joining us after two. His new album. It's terrific. But on our way up to two. Yes, here we go with Aslan. My word, you do dream in late lunch land, don't you? You certainly do. Eileen's been on to say, I'm a devil to dream myself, Jerry, and I remember the finest detail of every dream, and I dream frequently about my deceased mother. That's an interesting one, isn't it? Uh, I work in IT, uh, and sometimes I have very detailed technical dreams. For example, in the dream, I'm debugging lines of code programming language 
thanks a regular listener that's an interesting one dreaming about the detail of the job I have a recurring dream says a PJ uh, of someone really doing something harmful to my family that's not a nice one for sure Pamela on to say I'm dreaming about houses and dilapidated houses regularly does this mean anything maybe you're going to move house Pamela I don't know and uh, dreaming when someone is in the room that there is someone in the room and I feel the bedclothes have been moving oh be the lord I'd be gone anyway keep them coming to me your dreams 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text well my next guest well did he ever dream that he'd be top of the charts, that he'd have a hit album on his hands. I'm sure he did. I'm delighted to welcome my good friend to Late Lunch this afternoon, Paddy Goodwin. Welcome. Thanks very much, Jerry. It's Thanks great to have you with us on the show today. Well, did you dream of this? I did, yeah. But uh, it's a long time ago since I dreamt of this. I never thought it would come to reality, now, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's all it's all astonishing, really, um, uh, what's happened in the last few weeks. It's just, I'm equally astonished and surprised as, as I am delighted. And the thing that's really struck me is that I've been playing music since 1976, and so many people have come out of my past... And they're so delighted for me, which is brilliant. Just absolutely brilliant. And I ain't one bit surprised because you have been such a supporter of so many yourself. uh, And it's only right that it comes back to you at this stage. In case you're wondering what we're talking about, Paddy has released his debut album. It's called The Church of the Here and Now. And when I tell you uh, the list of accolades it's received in the last few weeks. Well, 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 what about the iTunes chart? Tell them who you knocked off the top. Um, well, I don't. What's the guy's name? Harry. Harry Styles. Yeah. Harry Styles. Harry. It's not. It's not Nobby Styles. It's, <laughs> it's Harry Styles. I think. Yeah. A fellow called yeah. Harry Styles. Yeah, that's, yeah. He just happens to be playing Slain this year. Yeah. Is he playing Boyles? Is it? <laughs> or, I'm not, I, I don't do know too much about it, but I'm, I'm sure he knows all about me now. <laughs> he certainly does. When you gave him the heave ho of top spot, what an achievement! Top of the charts. Uh, other things like you know the review in Hot Press magazine was outstanding. Absolutely. Wasn't it? it well, the, the review in Hot Press magazine means an awful lot to me, Jerry, because I actually was a contributor to the magazine that was there before Hot Press. Back in 1976, I was a contributor to a thing called Scene magazine, which is there. So Hot Press came in subsequent to that. And I used to write for them when I was a kid. And it's always been a dream of mine to be, uh, to get a good review in Hot Press. And, you know, I did a, a, an album with Henry McCullough back, uh, I think, 2007, 2008. Mm. And that's what I regard as an, an absolutely great album, because Henry was just a genius. But my album has actually got a better review than Henry did, which is <laughs> my, quite, my. quite incredible. It's incredible, quite and it just shows you uh, the, the, the reception it's received. Marty Whelan's album of the week on Lyric, RTE. You're listening to RTE, very prestigious listing, but RTE as well. Yeah, uh, I was on the RTE recommends list. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it turned out, Jerry, that we I've been album of the week on uh, Charlie McGettigan with Charlie McGettigan, Shannon side. I'm album of the week last night with Roddy Clare, who's very popular among the rock and roll cognoscenti uh, in Kilkenny, and album of the week with Paddy Mack in, in Dundalk. So it's it's just quite. Incredible. It's flying for you. I'm curious about the name. I think it's a great name. The Church of the Here and Now. Explain. Well, the Church of the Here and Now actually comes from a book by Roddy Doyle called "Oh Play That Thing." Um, people might be re- might remember that he had cast a guy 
think his name was Henry Henry something in the in the GPO and Roddy did a trilogy of, of novels in relation to this particular character and that phrase comes from the second the second book which is written in the jazz age this guy goes from being in the GPO to being a kind of henchman for Louis Armstrong in in, in Chicago and uh, that's where I got the phrase from it's terrific. Who did the artwork on the, the art- album? The artwork is done by my great friend Tim Booth, and Tim is a really interesting character in himself. Tim did the original artwork for Thin Lizzy uh, before um, uh, um, your man Fitzpatrick got involved doing the stuff. Tim was doing the original logos, and he was a very good friend of Phil Innes. And in fact, he played in a band called Doctor Strangely Strange that Gary Moore played guitar with. And they were, I think you, you saw them, the boys were did a gig with me and yes. Tim McHugh's there, there a while ago. They're great. And I just left it to Tim. He's such a genius. Uh, I just left it to him to do whatever he liked. And I think he's done a fantastic job. Fantastic job. job. Now, the songs, let's talk about the songs that comprise the album. There are 10 tracks on the album, and may I say, all really strong. I have my personal favourites, I'll, I'll tell you in a, in a wee while. But the, these songs, Paddy, was this just, you know, you, you decided to sit down and write, or have these been hanging around a while and now you've brought them together? Well, it's a mixture of things, Jerry. because uh, I have to give due credit to my friend Jason Varley, who who's my engineer and my... Some people would say he's my right-hand and left-hand man <laughs> when it comes to the studio stuff, because I'm such a gobshite when it comes to that. Um, but uh, I've been going up to Carlingford recording this over the last I, I hate to say six or seven years probably and eventually I, unfortunately I keep I'm I keep getting ideas for songs all the time and for instance in my iPad I probably have ideas for about 800 songs but I never get round to finishing them off mm. so I, I would arrive up to Jason on a Saturday morning and I'd say oh I've got another idea for a song here and eventually we got to the stage where we had I think we had 27 songs fully recorded and we were still recording new stuff. And I simply said, look, we're going to have to stop this. Mm. And what we did was we picked the, the, the best 10. And I think that's been borne out because um, they've been played all over on the radio. And mm. a, every song has been played on a radio station somewhere at this stage, which that's is terrific. proof that yes. there are 10 good songs. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about it. You know what I mean? Normally you'll see, you know, one, two or yeah. p- possibly three. Uh, if you're lucky. Three. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky. Yeah. But to, to have that accolade as well, it, it is terrific. Look, it's an overnight success story after all these years. I'm sure you've, you've heard this so many times. But like, while you, when you're with me today, take me back. You're a good friend of mine, but something that I've ne- never really got into with you. Music and you, when did you pick up a guitar first? Or why did you pick up a guitar? What age were you? Um, f- 15, 15. I would have done the first gigs around... I would have seen horsetips around when I was 15. I would have seen them in the Hillgrove Hotel in, in, in Monaghan and they were a huge influence on me and it's, it's a fantastic thing for me that three of the Horsehips guys are actually on the album yeah. but they were the first band they were the only band that brought rock and roll around Clonus so I was lucky enough to see them then they were a huge influence then the whole punk thing was coming in around the same time and I was very much influenced by that as well and uh, so I've been playing since then Are you self-taught? Yeah um, some people would say that that's very obvious. <laughs> like I can't read music, and I, I, you know, there's there's an awful lot I know I don't know. But really, I have that kind of punk attitude. I, you know, I can make enough noise, and I don't really want to know the technicalities of it. If I can play something, um, and it sounds good to me, then that's good enough for me. Do you know? Mm. And 
as you progress, like you start at 15 and, and you, you move along, how does it happen? You know what I mean? You, you know, you said your, your first gigs and you started playing around then. What yeah. happens from there? Well, we 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 gigged we horselips we gigged supporting horselips from about seventy seven to nineteen eighty when they broke up and I was playing in a band at the time and the band kind of broke up around the same time I kind of gave it up for a number of years, um, like I I'm, you know I I ran for election in Trinity I I ran in the students union I ended up. Uh, winning the election and, and running the the entertainments there, and really what I wanted to do at that stage was actually become a radio producer. That's you know that's where I was aiming. Um, and uh, like when I was in Trinity, I was the first person in the in the country to to promote the Smiths, and also the first person in the country to promote uh, pre- prefab Sprout, uh, both of whom have gone on to to good things. But I ended up. Um, there are no jobs. I went, I, I, you know, I went for an interview in RTE, and they were saying we can put you on a panel, but there's no jobs, and that's how I ended up in Drogheda. I ended up with Rhino Records, uh, thanks to your old pal Enda Murray, who used to work with me in in Ents in Trinity. That's that's how I arrived up here, but I was I wasn't really playing. I, I played them for a few gigs when I arrived in town with the Slackjaw Blues Band. With uh, with some of the with, with some of the Commonses were were in it, and we had a bit of crack, but it was all, um, you know, it was all uh, just a bit of crack. Mm. But I've always intended to make an album, and uh, I never thought I'd see these consequences with it. To be perfectly honest, you know? <laughs> it's a great story. It really is a great story. Rhino Records. I'm sure the people listening today will remember Rhino. You were on uh, Peter Street in Drogheda. No, no, I was no. On, on Wellington Key. Wellington, Wellington Key was Key. it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and were you in a basement there, or were you up on the no, on no, the road no, on the road Wellington level? You, know, you yeah. wouldn't want to yeah. be in a, on a basement <laughs> in Wellington Key. <laughs> no, you'd be on the water. <laughs> you'd be selling submarines. <laughs> Talking about boats. <laughs> the water boys would sell out for you for sure. But uh, how long was Rhino there? Three years. Mm. I came in. I came in. I think eighty five. Yeah, eighty five to eighty eight. And yeah. how did the law happen? The law happened because I was sharing a, a house with a fella called Mark Renane, and uh, I was going bust in the record shop. And Mark was a solicitor in McKeever Taylor at the time, and I was thinking to myself, well, if, if he can do it, I'll do it. And I don't have a degree in law. What happened was the, I, I went bust, went back to Clonus, was playing six nights a week. I was doing gigs six nights a week and various different things. And I, I got the law books and taught myself. Um, I, was te- I was studying eight or ten hours a day uh, trying to figure out how, you pa- how, how to get through the exams. And uh, I, I, I'm pretty confident you won't find another solicitor that taught them bloody selves, mm. you know. Um, but that's how that's how I, I ended up in yes. the whole game. Was thanks to thanks or or, or the blame <laughs> must go to Mark Renane. <laughs> <laughs> no blame, no blame whatsoever. Um, who who are your heroes? Like, or, or have you a hero? You know, as you started to perform yourself, and I know Horselips are your hero, fuck yeah. But besides them, have you a guitarist that you know most admire? Paul Kossoff. Um, in terms of international guitar players, it has to be Paul Kossoff, who was the guitar player with Free. I love Paul Kossoff, but he died years ago. He died mm. back in I think nineteen. Uh, in ni- he died in nineteen seventy six. Really, he, he was only twenty-five at the time, mm. uh, but he was a fantastic, fantastic guitar player. He's one of those guitar players that he just has to play one note, and you know it's him. Yeah. And um, 
I just love him. And at one stage, when I was in the record shop, they, they had the, a Paul Kossoff memorial concert in Leeds uh, University. And I went over to that and I ended up playing his Les Paul in the dressing room with his band. And somebody took photographs of it. And, of course, if it was now, they'd be all over the bloody internet. But I'm still searching for the photographs that were taken back then. It was 1986. Well, uh, you never know. Look you what's never happened. Know. Look what's happened with this album. <laughs> Maybe one of those photos will show up at least now. Stay there for a moment. I want to take a quick break and we're going to hear what this album is all about. Paddy Goodwin is my special guest on Late Lunch today. Number one in iTunes, The Church of the Here and Now, Paddy Goodwin's debut album, Paddy Goodwin and the Holy Ghost, and Paddy's with me on the show this afternoon. Now, we've got to mention, you had planned to launch this album this coming Saturday at this yeah. big gig in McHugh's, the venue in Drogheda. God, yeah. events have yeah. <laughs> bypassed, haven't yeah, they no, all? People come from all over the country yeah. now, Jerry. It's going to be some crack. Yes. Know? But, but, you know, talking to the Water Boys, uh, my, my other right-hand man in the studio in relation to this album has been Anthony Tisseltwaite. And Anthony's going to be playing on Saturday night. And he, he was the Water Boys, effectively, for the first few albums. The first two albums were just himself and Mike Scott, really. And some other musicians were called in. So I'm delighted to have Anthony there because he's been an integral part of this album. And he's just he's just a fantastic musician. He's so McHugh's in Drogheda Saturday. Everybody welcome. There will be a huge crowd there. I take it this CD will be on sale there. It will, yeah. There will be, the CD will be on sale. My mate Nelly Miles will be doing support. He's playing at nine o'clock. For once, we will actually be early or perhaps <laughs> on time because I know people have been on to me from Cork and from Donegal and from Belfast. And, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a big crowd. So I would imagine I'd ask people to be there kind of early because it will start at nine o'clock. Doors open at half eight. Um, it's going to be some night. It certainly is, and it is the launch night for this wonderful album. Were you on um, TalkSport? Yeah. Yeah. Our sister station in the UK, (laughs) one of our sister stations. Why were you on TalkSport? I was on TalkSport. There's a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Owens, who is actually a a director in Nottingham Forest, and you might have seen that movie that he made about the Miracle Men, the the, uh, the Nottingham Forest um, um, European Cup. Yes. So I know him from going over to Nottingham, and uh, he was on to me saying, would you come on? So I uh, I did a very nice interview with him. He's a terrible nice, terrible nice fan. I mean, like, you want to come on and talk about music and Nottingham Forest? I have to think about that. I've thought about that. Thanks very much. Yeah. When? When? Do you want me to do it in the middle of the night or what? You know? <laughs> of course, he's the most famous Nottingham Forest fan in this neck of the woods, Mr. Paddy Goodwin. Will they stay up? Oh, you know, if it... Well... I, if you'd been talking to me before last weekend, I would have told you no chance of getting a point against City, um, which was remarkable. We did, but the other results didn't go our way. Yeah, I, I think they will because Steve Cooper is is by far the best manager they've had since Clough, and I think his man management skills will keep us going. And even bringing in the likes of Shelby there, you know, some of the fans are saying, "What the hell are we bringing him in?" He'll prove his worth. He's he's been in that scrap with Newcastle mm. before, and he'll do it. You know, I think, and I think he, you know, the way that the way that he, Cooper's putting the team together, some fantastic young players. But there's also it's also tempered by the likes of Shelby, who just mm. kick you around the place. I don't. It doesn't matter if you're De Bruyne or whoever. He's going to kick you. <laughs> you did us a great favour, the Absolutely. Gunners, the weekend, a huge favour. <laughs> and I want to tell listeners, I'm being dragged screaming and kicking by this man. 
and a certain Tottenham Hotspur fan to Spurs <laughs> and Forest in Tottenham. Imagine an Arsenal fan having to go to Tottenham. I'll be cheering for Forest that day. I, I can't get the red and white definitely out of my focus that day, but that's for, for another time. Yeah. But look, you, you love a Forest as well, known the music, your profession, your wife Carol, uh, Italy, your love of food, your. A man with eclectic taste, may oh, I say. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to say I'm going back. Just after we're, we're in London, we're go- I'm going back to Venice. I'm going to Venice for four days in uh, in that mm. second weekend. You have a great love of Italy. I just, well, I love Venice. Mm. Well, I love Italy. I, yes. I try, you know, back pre-COVID, I used to try and get to Italy at least twice a year. Mm. And I used to try and go to either Venice or Rome, somewhere that I've been before uh, once a year and try and go somewhere else. So I think in total I've been I've stayed in about thirty-five different places in Italy <laughs> at this stage. You know? You've got to learn the language now. That's the next. I'm always saying that to myself as well. Anyway, just before we finish, a quick word because we want to get the song in. Paul Brady sent you his congratulations. Can't be with you on Saturday. Yeah. He's going fishing. He's going. He's going for fishing lessons. You you'd relate to this. Yes. He has, there's a lady down in Waterford gives these particular spay, Powell, yeah. spay casting mm. lessons. He's doing that, so he won't be there. Jim Lockhart and Barry Devlin from Horses will be there and. Uh, also, you know, my my great local musicians, Brush and and uh, Niall Boyle will be there, and uh, my mate Mickey McCarney will be playing guitar, and there might be one or two other other guests. Special guests there. Saturday, the venue McHugh's be there. It's the big launch night for this wonderful album, number one in iTunes, been played all over the place. It's a great success. The Church of the Here and Now by Paddy Goodwin and the Holy Ghost. And today we finish our conversation. Thank you for joining me. Delighted for you. Continued success. Hopefully it's the first of many iTunes topping albums and songs. But anyway, we're going to say goodbye to you today by listening to a track I love. As I said, I love all the tracks are strong on this album. But we picked this one anyway. It's The Blue of the Night. And I'm sure you love it too. That's great. Thanks a million, Jerry. Thanks for joining me. Lovely stuff. Thanks, Now, fostering is a wonderful thing to do. It goes without saying. And so many children have benefited from foster parents over the years. But the fostering people are always looking for others to become foster parents to children. There's always a need. Is it something that might interest you? Well, if you stay with us for the next while, we're going to hear what it's all about. Because I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Siobhan Mullen and Leslie Constance, who are fosterers. Hello, ladies. Siobhan Mullen, are you there? 
I am, I am. Hello there, Jerry. How are you doing? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Is Leslie with you or is she somewhere else? We can talk to her in a moment if she's beside you. Oh, I'm here too. Uh, she's you... in a mobile phone. Oh, oh, there you are. So we did the two of you there. That's great. And that's much clearer. We, you'll just have to check out the uh, laptop and the Zoomy thing. I know at times it's a, just a little thing. I'd say there's a problem with it. Anyway, yeah, you're no both problem. very welcome to the show. Okay, Siobhan, let me start with yourself. Sure. Fostering. How did fostering come into your lives? Right, really, Jerry. It was possibly a COVID project that um, myself and my partner, Leslie, we came back from living in Scotland for over 20 years. And during COVID, it was something that popped up on one of the social media feeds about the organisation called Fostering First Ireland. And uh, we decided to apply this time two years ago, funnily enough. And we were approved in the spring of 2021 and we got our first foster and first and only foster child then in the summertime of 2021, and we've been fostering ever since. And you you don't have children of your own, so I, I take it that you know a child arriving had to be a momentous occasion. It certainly was. It was life changing and absolutely a hundred percent positive a life change for us. We never had children of our own, but we have plenty of nieces and nephews. Yes. So we were familiar with little children, mm. I suppose. Mm. But from our point of view, we just felt that we had a lot to give to somebody, regardless of the situation and their background, and we just give it a shot, and we have not looked back. So without giving anything away, was it a boy or a girl you fostered first, and what age were they? It was a girl, and when she came to us, she had just turned five. Right. And how, how long did you have her for? Is she still with you? Oh, she's still with us, very oh, much with great. us. Yeah, great! Oh my God, I'm just imagining. But I do say that, and I know that. I know you have the nephews and everything, but there's nothing like when the child is under your care and under your roof. I know because you don't hand the child back. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and you you deal with the rough, and the, you deal with everything. You deal with uh, social workers and professionals, Tusla, the school. Um, the doctors, the mm. nurses, the pharmacists and everything that we never had to deal with before. So it was all life-changing and totally different for us, a totally different experience. Yeah, and I suppose as well, it's it's an anxious time as well because the child obviously has to take to you and, and, and you to her. That's right. And at, don't get me wrong, Jerry. at first it was difficult for her because, OK, whilst I'm Irish, and you'll speak to Leslie in a moment, we always felt that, uh, she from Scotland, we always felt that our little girl had difficulty in sometimes understanding what was said mm. because of the procedure, because being used to one accent and then coming into the country yes. where we were. Mm. But then on top of all of that was just the change of different people and the, everybody who we met. So it was, it was a great it was a big, big change for both her and for us at the start. But then you just get into the rhythm of it. Mm. You just get into the routine and you just go to school or you come home from school, you do your activities, you link in with family, friends, and it just happens naturally. Mm. So how long is she with you now? She will be 19 months. Wow, this is great. Yeah, yeah. two years in July. Yeah, yeah my God. Months. Oh, there's a bond there now, a huge bond for sure, isn't there? Oh, yes. Oh, you get very attached very, mm. very quickly. Mm. And we're very lucky with the organisation FF, Fostering, Fostering First Ireland or FFI, because they have been able to support us every step of the way, yeah. which has also made the transition for both her and for us much easier.
Yes. Put me on to uh, Leslie, please. Till I have a word. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Leslie. I'm really good. Lovely to talk to you today. Just on a slightly different angle. Right. You decide, the pair of you, you want to become foster parents. And, of mm-hmm. course, there is a process to be gone through and quite a rigorous one as well. Yeah. How did you find that? If I'm totally honest, um, you're right. It was extremely um, rigorous, which you can understand why. Um, I found the whole experience, and it probably took maybe a year, um, very interesting, um, very self-reflective yeah. it actually makes you look at your own relationship mm. um, as a couple um, it makes you look at yourself individually um, I certainly found it extremely interesting um, and as I say very intrusive but you can completely understand why because yeah. you're going to be caring for a kid you mm. know mm. Um, and the the organisation FFI they need to make sure that um there's no any issues in your background that may um, cause any issues. Yes, yes. You know? Yeah, that yeah. wouldn't make you suitable to be a no, foster exactly, parent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but here's the thing. Obviously, w- 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 it, 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 it impacted on you and, and impacted on Siobhan as well. But did you feel, having gone through it, you were way better prepared then for when the child arrived? A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, you're never prepared. You know, you can be... Mm-hmm only be as prepared as the information you're given. Mm. Um, as Siobhan said, we've, we have no kids of our own. Um, we are, let me say, older ladies. <laughs> um, mature. More, sorry, mature. more mature, mature ladies. Mature, mature, yes. yes. And we're thinking, you know, at times we're saying, oh, are we able to do this? You know, um, however, given the support from FFI um, and whilst going through the uh, the process, you know, our assessor was extremely supportive. We got training, um, fairly intense training, um, and that certainly, you know, laid the foundations for us um, mm. to take on a kid, um, and it definitely helped, a hundred percent. Yep. Just, I'm, I don't mean to intrude, but I, I, I would say, you know, five, six, seven years of age, they're quite cute. They're becoming quite intelligent. They're growing up. Do they play one off against the other? Well, hundred percent. That's good. Uh-huh. That's yes. good. Uh, and then you know, it's um, that took a while to actually start that, but oh, just a typical six-year-old, you know, mm. definitely plays one off the other. <laughs> that's good. Good to yeah. know. And you're you're learning on the job as well. That's absolutely. Yep. Oh, we have learned so much, <laughs> given that we've had. You know, we have nieces and nephews, and over the years they've had sleepovers and stuff. This is completely different, mm. completely different, you know. So um, we're learning every day, um, again, with the help of FFI, who have been nothing but supportive, you know. I, I take it, and I listen to both your voices. By the way, you have a beautiful accent, may I say. <laughs> oh, thank you very beautiful. much. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it has obviously enhanced and enriched your lives. Oh, definitely. It has completely changed our lives. Um, more for the the better. Mm. Um, there are still times that, you know, because like Siobhan and I like to travel and now we cannot just say, oh, maybe next week we'll go away for the weekend. We've got a child to consider. Mm. However, that has not stopped us. Um, 
She is included in everything we do. We want to give her all the opportunities in life that both Siobhan and I have had. Um, we're actually bringing her to Australia in July. Um, she's coming for a month. So we're super excited about that. What a lucky um, child. What yeah, a well, lucky child. Know, and we're lucky to have her. Yeah. You know, we yeah. are both, you know, we are, our lives are completely different. But as I say, it's um, all for the better. Yeah. And when you see the improvement in the child, yeah, that's what makes all the difficult times. Um, because there are difficult times. There's no two ways about it. Mm. Um, the good times definitely are outweighing the bad times. Yeah, terrific. Pop mm. me back to... Your, your sidekick there, please. Lovely to talk indeed. to you, Leslie. You really too, lovely Thank to you. talk to you. Hiya. Siobhan, I, I, I hear you there in, in agreement and nodding away there with with, uh, with Leslie. Look, yes. w- w- you, you have this child. Is, is this a long-term arrangement with this wee girl? Every arrangement that uh, comes through from Tusla, obviously, is the main player here yeah. because they're the state agency. So organisations like FFI would use Tusla in our situation, it is as long-term as it, as it could be. Yeah. Um, and we work very closely with the TUSA social worker as well because our daughter, the foster girl is also supported by a social worker along as we are also supported by the organisation. Yeah. So it could be as long or as it could be as short as situations demand. Mm. Now we're looking at the moment that we are looking at a long-term placement because it just it's working very well for both ourselves and for us and for our family and friends because they also play a very critical and key role in mm. in bringing up the child yeah yeah and, and and i suppose if there are short and and fostering there are many shorter term arrangements as you do know uh, just a, a question on that i i take it the support there when a child leaves yeah as well because that that is a very fractious time for you know everybody concerned Yes, it is. Because indeed, before the, the wee girl came to us, she was previously placed with another foster family. And that was very hard for her to leave that. But then mm. the support that we received to help her to get over that yes. was also critical in allowing us to mm. be able to support her long term. And now we've built up a really, really, really strong relationship with uh, with her with regard to that. So she understands that if I if we go out, we're always going to come back. We would never leave her on her own. So you build up all these type of relationships yes. and all the clues and the cues and everything as you go along. But yeah, the support is always there and she understands that, that we're there mm. and we're there to support her. And the reason we're all talking today is Fostering Fortnight is coming up now early in March. And I want to That's finish right. off by putting this question to you. You know, there are people listening today who might probably say... That's something I might be, like yourselves, you know, interested in. Perhaps it is for me, perhaps it's not. Would you recommend it, Harley? Oh, absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. As you said, it's not necessary for everybody. And we don't have any children of our own. And we are more on the more mature side <laughs> of things. Mm. But it has changed our lives. And we can only say that it has changed our lives for the better. Isn't that wonderful? And there is hard times as well as yes, 
very positive yes. very very positive oh on the on the main in the whole you know what I mean it's on the whole in the main it's you know positive very positive and uh, that is f- fantastic to hear I hear you have somebody else there in the background letting me know <laughs> a four legged friend has to be cared for there too we do indeed and that's the thing the four le- the, oh she's sitting down now the four legged friend and her are such friends now as well yes, yes. so it's, it's always with uh, people who've got animals and uh, really really there's some connection between little children who have been experienced trauma and stuff with regard to animals and that's also our wee dog has also stepped in and also helped yeah Settle things down as well. So yeah, great, yeah, great. Well, look at I, I, again. It's wonderful to talk to you both today. And just to say to anyone listening, if you're curious, if you're half interested at all, do contact a wonderful organisation, Fostering First Ireland, and they're on the web www.ffi.ie, uh, and the number is oh one eight nine eight two three zero two. More information to be had there. You're great. You're really wonderful. I admire you so much. And long may your family happiness continue. I say that to both of you, Siobhan and Leslie. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you both much. for joining me on Thank the show today. Much, Take okay. care yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Aren't they lovely? What a wonderful thing to do. What a lucky child. I say that again. Best takeaway in Ireland awards have been dished out. Sorry for the puns. Terrible pun, isn't it? At the weekend. Anyway, big winners across the North East. I'll tell you about some more of them in a moment. But joining me on Late Lunch today, and I'm delighted, they were named Asian Takeaway of the Year. And they also picked up an award for the sustainability. Once upon a tie in trim. And Owen O'Neill is on the line. Hello. Hi, Jerry. Well, I am particularly happy because you remember the day yourself and John came here to studio, didn't you, on LMFM when you were starting out? I did. And it's a good few years ago. It is a few years ago. And you brought us some of the lovely food. Well, look at Congratulations to you. It's a wonderful award. I'm sure you're over the moon. Yeah, definitely. So happy about it. And tell us about what has happened to you since you came here. You are a food truck, yes. We are, yes. And where do you operate from? Where do you where where can I go and buy from you? Where where do you base the truck? Um, we open every weekend on Friday and Saturday in Trim, just beside uh, Jim Griffin's pub. Yes, from half four until nine o'clock. And you're busy. Very busy. I know this. I know you are very popular and very busy. And no surprise that you picked up this award. And obviously the judges tasted and and saw what what you're all about and really, really loved it. What's your most popular dish, would you say, that people come back to you for all of the time? Yeah, um, basically because we have very small menu, so... We have, and then we change um, facial every week. So it kind of, all the dishes will be kind of popular. But if I have to pick one of them all, maybe stir fried chicken with ketchup, that will be the most uh, popular one. Oh, that sounds really scrumptious to me, to be honest, which I love the chicken and the cashew as well on top of it. So that is a very, but I know you have a, a tight menu, but everything you do, you, you do so, so well. Um. So that's where you're based. You're there each weekend. Do you ever go to places or to events? Do people ask you to come along and cater at? Um, at the start, that what we plan to do. We used to go to different festivals and do a private party. Mm. 
But after that, then um, we realize that if we stay in one spot so people can come back to us, that works much better for us. Yes, so that's the way it works. So you're very happy where you are there in Sherman. You have yeah. built up the customer base. Yeah, and they very come, happy. Yeah, they come back to you all the time. Well, you know, I, I remember you being here. You don't have a lot of room to move about, but obviously you, you, it does it does you, and you deliver the, the goods from even the confined space. Yeah, we, um, we, we, during the week, we would do the preparation in our kitchen yeah. in Delvin County with meat, and then we bring our food to trim then on Friday and Saturday. So we have a truck, and then we have a fridge van with us as well. Right. So you, you, preparation, it's like any job, isn't it? You do the yeah. preparation the, and then you just work the magic and, and bring it all together. Did you ever sell out? Did you ever come that you had nothing left, that everything was gone? Um, we would, in a busy, busy weekend, we would sell, sell out. Yeah, it happened um, a lot, actually. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> it's good in a sense for sure and 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 you know you mentioned there that your 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 base and your kitchen is delvin and you work out at trim why trim what what why did you pick trim uh, because trim is a big and a lovely town and a lot of tourists and plus we um um the owner of james griffin pop uh tom Lenehan. So um, at the start, so we asked him if we have space in the car park, if he could come and park there and open for the public. And he was really um, helpful and let us trade yes. there at the pub. And it was a, a big change for us. For the big yes, day. yes, yes. And, and fair dues to him. He spotted uh, the, uh, the opportunity for himself and for you, and it's worked well uh, for both of you. Um, in terms of your customer base um, and, and Irish taste, you know, we are a, a, a race of people that at one stage, you know, we had very limited menu ourselves and our, f- our food was very plain. My word, that's changed with all the travel we've done and the people who've come back to live here and the people who come to live with us in the country. You obviously are seeing the benefits of that as well, that Irish people are into this Thai food. Yeah, I think... Um some of the customer would be really adventure that they would love to try different dishes, um, but there'll be some customer that they're still afraid to try different things. Mm. But if they come to us, we would suggest what will be the the, the easiest dish to start with. So usually we recommend a stir fry chicken with cashew nuts. So wish a lot of them would like it, and then they come back. And then, then they try different dish them. Great stuff. That's the way to get them in it. The chicken and cashew nuts and then they're yeah. away from there. Well, listen, I just wanted to say hello to you today. Thank you for joining me. Wish yourself and John all the very best and congratulations to Once Upon a Thigh. 
thanks very much and thanks for having me today. Not at all. Thank you for joining me. That's Ewan O'Neill there uh, from a wonderful, wonderful food outlet in Trim. And I just want to mention the others as well because Pizza of the Year went to Pizza Soprano from Navin. Brilliant award as well. And there were awards for the Marigold in Trim, the Chinese takeaway there category. The Indian takeaway, Sitar in Dundalk picked up a big award. And King of the Wings went to the Smuggler's Rest in Clotterhead. Well done to one and all. That's a lot on Late Lunch this afternoon. We'll be back with the final show of the week tomorrow, Friday. We have wine with Rick. We have your book recommendations. We'll be marking a year of the war in Ukraine as well. Sport with David. Comedy and, of course, our TV theme coming your way. Eddie Caffrey's on his way here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Wonderful music and more besides. We leave you today in the company of the wonderful Tom Grennan. Have a nice Thursday evening. I've been holding on to pieces, swimming in the deep. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.